Section four of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume seven, October eighteen ninety six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Ice Cliffs on the Kowak River by Lieutenant J. C. Cantwell, United States Revenue Cutter Service the kowak river rises in the northwestern part of alaska and after a tortuous easterly course of about five hundred fifty miles the greater portion of which is within the arctic circle it flows into hotham inlet a large body of fresh water opening into kutzbuie sound during the summers of eighteen eighty four to eighteen eighty five it was my good fortune to visit this region and to make a reconnaissance of the stream from its mouth to its headwaters among the many novel and interesting features of the region which had never previously been visited by white men none were more striking than a remarkable series of ice cliffs observed along the banks of the river about eighty miles from its mouth these deposits of ice were first seen in some of the low silt banks of the delta and it was supposed that they were the result of the spring freshets in the river forcing large masses of ice into the soft yielding soil of the banks but when on our emerging from the delta and reaching the higher land of the interior we still found these ice deposits in the form of cliffs from eighty to one hundred fifty feet high the theory of current formation had to be abandoned the banks of the stream in the region where the ice cliffs are found are not all filled with ice and the watermarks on those which are composed only of soil and rock show beyond question that the water has never reached a sufficiently high stage to have transported the ice to its present position at two points the cliffs attain an altitude of over one hundred fifty feet and one cliff measured by sextant angles showed one hundred eighty five feet the tops of all the cliffs were superposed by a layer of black silt-like soil from six to eight feet thick and from this springs a luxuriant growth of mosses grass and the characteristic arctic shrubbery consisting for the most part of willow alder and berry bushes and a dense forest of spruce trees from fifty to eighty feet high and from four to eight inches in diameter where the face of the cliffs was towards the south the upper portion of the formation would be found undergoing the process of destruction under the melting action of the sun's rays while in other situations the erosion of the river current was constantly undermining the cliffs both of these destructive agents caused great masses of soil and tree-laden ice to become detached and fall into the stream where the retreating waters of spring had left these masses of detached ice stranded on the adjacent beaches or bars piles of soft dust almost entirely free from any gritty substance would be left as a monument to mark the spot where the ice had been melted by the summer sun these small dust heaps are a characteristic feature of the region where the ice cliffs are found and are entirely different in appearance from the gravel and sand heaps deposited in the same way by ice floated down from the upper river an examination of the tops of the ice cliffs was very difficult on account of the dense undergrowth 
and the thick carpet of moss but on one we discovered a lake about a mile in diameter and situated some five hundred yards from the face of the cliff the water in this lake was fresh and clear but upon being disturbed became exceedingly turbid owing to the presence of a large quantity of fine decayed vegetable matter on the bottom a piece of the ice melted showed a residuum of fine impalpable dust which under a lens proved to be composed mainly of vegetable matter and while fresh emitted a very pungent disagreeable odor the country in this region is mostly rolling tundra plains with innumerable small lakes and streams all of which are tributary to the larger river there is no evidence of glacial action whatever and it is not until the first mountain range is reached a hundred miles further upstream that any rocks in situ are seen here and further inland more plainly are to be found beds of trap which an examination shows to be a pronounced olivine diabase with such minerals as hornblende mica feldspar augite etc present other rock forms show unmistakable evidence of the eruptive agencies that have been at work in the formation of the upper river region the formation of the remarkable ice cliffs in the lower country is however a geological nut which the writer admits his inability to crack general a w greeley discusses the nansen polar expedition at considerable length in harper's weekly of september nineteenth eulogizing dr nansen's courage and self-reliance but taking strong exception to his leaving the fram end of section four